0: And now, here is Doreen.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm the host of the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. And on the podcast, I invite guests who have had some kind of challenge in their life finding their voice, whether it was early in life where they feel like they have had some trauma or some kind of situation, perhaps in the family or any kind of opportunity that they didn't have laid out in front of them, where they felt like they could not step up and speak out comfortably. So that's partly what we get to do here on this podcast is explore what happened to people that they lost their voice or didn't have one in the first place. And then we get to hear about the journey, the journey that they took to find their voice, because that's what I think inspires the listeners is that people who have had a struggle speaking up and have anxiety might not realize that there are some early roots to that anxiety, and they might not realize that there's a a path out. So on this podcast, you get to hear people who share how they found their voice, and you get to also be inspired by what they get to do nowadays, now that they have a voice. And today I get to introduce a friend of mine, her name is Sandy Abel, and she's a best-selling author. Yay, you're going to have to tell us about that. And she's a life and business coach and a licensed therapist and her passion is supporting people as they rediscover how amazing they are. I want to say that again because that's what I do. You know, help people you know, help people find find and rediscover how amazing they are and Sandy and I share that passion, that excitement. And uh, we're going to hear more from Sandy today. But I want to say one more thing. She is co-host of the podcast called Your Personal Power Pod. So today I want to welcome my friend Sandy. Hello.
2: Doreen, it's so fun to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
1: For sure and because you're a therapist and i know that my training as a therapist i had to do a lot of those deep dives into my history and discover <laughs> you know who am i and how did i get that way and i know that one of the one of the discoveries i made was how how i was pretty much intimidated and scared to step up into any kind of public speaking and you know, had to take that journey into my history to find out. Well, what happened that I lost my voice? When did I have it, and how did I lose it? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And so, can you can you start with any memories of yourself as a young person? What do you know about your having or not having a voice early on?
2: Oh wow, Doreen, it started way early. I was a happy little person until I was two. And then my sister was born. (laughs) And uh, like with any family where you have a two-year-old and an infant, the infant got most of the attention. And so I felt rejected right off the bat as soon as she came along. And then to top it off, she was cute and fun. And for Pete's sake, she liked to nap. And my parents, of course, loved that. And I didn't appreciate it at all. So she got the attention and I didn't. And I interpreted, started interpreting that to mean there was something wrong with me. And as time went on, she got older and blonde and cuter and it was just ridiculous. And so my efforts to get attention... Were misguided. And what I thought I would do is just speak up and tell people what I thought and make sure they saw that I was in the room. And of course, that did not work really well. People did not appreciate that. So I uh, got shot down a lot or sent to my room when I was a kid, whatever. And then I went on to school. And in elementary school, I thought, well, these are new people. Maybe I can uh, tell them what I think about stuff. And I had never learned tact because I was in second grade and I think I offended a lot of people. And I became one of those kids that was bullied and uh, nobody ever chose for the team. And I was always the last one chosen. And when they called my name, the whole team went, Oh, (laughs) I was like, oh, no, we have to have her. and So all of that just totally destroyed my self-image. And I realized after a while that maybe it was safer emotionally to just be quiet and just not say anything. So I sort of shut down emotionally
1: well a um introduction to life as a young sandy i also had a young sister 11 months younger only. oh so, so you were there so i i definitely got that part about uh, feeling like uh, she, in fact, through her life, her name is Ginny, you know her, I think, All right, uh-huh. And yeah. so people were, Ginny is easy to say, Doreen is not so easy to say, believe it or not. <laughs> so when people could always say, hi, Ginny, but who, what's the other one's name?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway
1: so, so uh, that initial kind of um, awareness of yourself relative to somebody else and it sounds like your coping strategy or your adaptive strategy was to say, let me find a way I can speak up. But then when you took the platform and tried to express yourself, you were shut down. Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And I so I felt a lot of rejection and learned that it was better to just go along and be cooperative and be who I thought people wanted me to be. And I did that for a long time, long time. Um, And I never, I had a couple really good friends in high school and managed to have a boyfriend who was a good guy, but from another school. (laughs) And uh, then went on to uh, get married to a really nice guy but he knew me as this quiet, passive, cooperative, easy to control person. And uh-huh. that lasted for 12 years. But in the process, I started noticing that people were liking me for who I am. And I started coming out of my shell and that didn't go so well with him because I became not the person he married. So.
1: Oh, so what a transition to to be, uh, have, I don't know, found a way to be, you know, growing up early on and then kind of took that form as a quieter person, a people pleaser, it sounds like. And yeah. yeah. Or kind of perhaps in the shadows and marrying this person who said, Oh, I like her. I like the way she is. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Exactly. <laughs> but then you said you started to find yourself in these other environments. What do you have any examples of those? Well,
2: I I went to college and started studying psychology because I wanted to understand myself and other people and why my life was what it was and I was fascinated by it and I realized that what I just shared with you had happened that I was being the person I thought other people wanted me to be. So I started figuring out, okay, who is Sandy? Uh. And I realized that I'm actually a pretty cool person and I have good opinions and I just need to learn to be tactful if I'm going to express them. I never understood tact when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. so it made sense people didn't want me around and i started to learn that i like myself and that's when i started to develop some self esteem
1: yeah i think that uh, that self exploration and the what comes out of that is self discovery but mm-hmm. you first have to be willing to face the parts you don't like about yourself or that you don't understand about yourself. And then by staying on that track, it feels like you can find the best parts and discover that they've been there all along, perhaps.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Well, and and what you just touched on is, you know, you're in psychology, is the shadow. And the shadow, um, for folks who aren't aware, is a concept Carl Jung And a psychologist a long, long, long time ago came up with about um, your shadow is everything you like to think you're not. Because, like, I like to think I'm warm and fun and compassionate and caring and all that, which I am. But I'm also, you know, sometimes I get angry and sometimes I get jealous or all those things that I like to ignore. And pretend I'm not that. And so I spent a lot of time running from my shadow. And that wasn't good at all. And once I came to terms with, just like nature, you know, you've got fall and spring. And you lose the leaves and the plants grow. And everything is in balance. And we're in balance, too. And we have really good sides that are wonderful. And we also have the shadow. And if we just accept that and don't act on it, but acknowledge it uh, and then say, yes, but then over here is all this wonderfulness. That's my word. I love that word. It's one I made up. (laughs) But once you acknowledge your wonderfulness, then you can love the whole you, all of who you are not just try to be the good
1: parts. Mm, I love the what you just said about the embracing all of you, which to me feels, I mean, they talk about holistic psychology, right? <laughs> yeah. So the wholeness of who we are, but uh, it, it, like moving towards the unacceptable parts, the shadow parts, and to be able to say hello in there. Yes. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you. Right. right. Yeah.
2: And, and I'm also not going to let you run my life. I'm not uh-huh. going to let the shadow run my life, yeah. but I'm also not going to run away from it.
1: Yes. Oh. And then the deeper part, you talked about self-esteem, and I think I go towards calling it the essence or the, the soul of us or the spirit or the being of us. And then you said something about you know those other, what, the, the most deepest part of you. And so tell me a little bit about self-esteem and oh. how you frame that.
2: Oh, wow. I actually wrote a book about it. It's called "Feeling Good About You," and uh, I knew we'd get there soon. Oh, great! (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's it's. I think the subtitle is "Rediscovering the Special Person You've Always Been" because we're all born wonderful, and then for various reasons, sometimes we forget that. And I forgot it in the shadow of my sister, and. I had to rediscover that and realize that I'm a dynamite person and I'm the best me I can be. And I'm the only one that's like me out there. And that's a good thing. And that self-esteem is at least in my world, that self-esteem is loving yourself in spite of your shadow Mm -hmm. and appreciating who you are and still that's not saying there's no room for growth and that you don't have to be sensitive to others you definitely do have to be sensitive to others but I'm just as good as they are and I didn't used to feel that so that's what self-esteem means to me
1: it sure makes sense what you talked about with your early life, your the kind of early pattern with your sister right. and having a comparative. And then you talked about moving on into the different elementary and high schools and where you felt like... The other, there's still that separation, you versus the other, and you aren't as, I don't know, as as desired, right? <laughs> as as this is like you talked about the team, but uh, so then you know, finding yourself in this marriage. I did that marriage last. Did it change? What happened?
2: <laughs> no. After twelve years, uh, I had become much stronger and being who I am, and. Wasn't always the, you know, easily manipulated person that I used to be. And at one point he said, you're just not the girl I married. And I thought, I didn't say it, but I thought, thank goodness. yes, I've grown up into an adult woman. Uh I am not the girl you married. And uh, it wasn't possible for us. We tried to work it out and uh, it didn't. So, uh, we did get divorced. And then a couple of years later, I met a wonderful man and we've been married 40 years and okay. he loves me just the way I am.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a song. <laughs> <laughs> amazing just the way you are that Bruno Mars that sings that song yeah oh, that well that's good to hear that uh, you've you got out of something that did not allow you to be more of who you can be but what a title for a book you're not the girl I married yeah that Isn't is it? a great title write it Doreen there you go <laughs> well it's not my life experience so oh. <laughs> wow oh sandy it feels like i can go on and on i want to talk more about self-esteem because that's something you know a lot about and you've written a book about do you have a particular because it seems like finding your voice has something to do with finding where your most powerful asset is and that to me feels like when we know that then we've got self-esteem but what do you think about what i just said then
2: Yes, I agree with that, and I also think self-esteem is just loving yourself as you are, regardless of feedback or input from other people. It's you with you.
1: So the same. self. So the self that now has esteem, I think that's what I'm I'm right. working on here. Is the self that has esteem can finally speak. Right, exactly. It's exactly. what I'm thinking. Yeah. it's, it's One
2: thing I, I want to mention is my inner child. Because okay. uh, I know you teach people to do public speaking. And uh, I work, we all have an inner child. We all have that little person we used to be like from the age of three to six or seven in their whatever you identify with. But for me, that little girl's about four. And she was at that point picked on and told to sit down and be quiet and uh, laughed at and punished if she wasn't and all that. So I like to picture her. This sounds a little weird, but it's just an image of she's sitting on a stool in my gut. She's right here and she just sits there swinging her legs, watching Sandy, the adult run her life. And most of the time I do it fine. And she's pretty quiet because she's figured out I know how to do it. But whenever I do something new or like public speaking, where I'm going to put myself out there in front of people, she was the one that was rejected and laughed at and told, go away and sit down and be quiet and all that. So when I, nowadays I do public speaking and I uh, run meetings and I speak to rooms of 300 people. And when we're going to go on stage and I say we, because she and I are going on stage and she will jump off her imaginary stool and get 40 feet high and really loud And yelled, don't go out there. They're going to laugh at you. You're going to make a fool of yourself. They're going to reject you. Don't do that. That's all happening in my head, of course. But I feel it in my gut. And I have to work with her just like I would work with a four-year-old that I was walking with holding her hand. And I say, that's okay. I understand where you're coming from. But you're a kid and when you, you know, at your point in life, you didn't know how to deal with this and it was scary and it was hurtful and it was painful. But now I'm a grown-up, and I can do this and I have control over it. So you sit back on your stool, get small, sit down and just watch and be amazed. And I have to walk myself through it. I walk her through it. And help my inner child be calm and learn that I've got it now because I'm not four.
1: Well, what I heard is empathy for the little one, and mm-hmm. but also space for the little one, right. and there's some kind of compassion, and also what you said a few minutes ago: you're not going to let whatever's in your shadow or whatever the parts of you uh, control you. You're going to Trust. And that's the other thing I heard you say is that you can trust or you could communicate to that little part, the little one. Trust me, I got this girl. Exactly.
2: Exactly. That's what that's. I actually say that it's like if we go to a cocktail party, uh, she there again gets really big and says, don't go in there. You know, you don't fit. You don't belong. They don't want you because that's the old Pattern that's the old voice, and I have to walk with her. I say, Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go in and smile and look like we're happy, and we're going to uh find where they're handing out beverages, and we'll go and get a coke or something. And so that gives us something to do, and then we walk over and we get a beverage, and then we turn around and look at the room. And then I say, Okay, now what we're going to do is find somebody who's sitting alone and we're going to go talk to that person because they're probably as lonely as we could be. And so we're going to reach out and find out who they are. So we go find somebody and then after doing that, and people are always very happy that somebody approached them. And then we sit after a while, I say, okay, thank you. And, you know, uh, we'll go sit down for a little bit and, watch what's going on, and then we'll go find another a group and become part of the group that's talking. And I have to walk her through that, which is obviously me walking me through it, but it's a process. And I can do that because I know that I now know that I am a lovable, valuable, capable, competent human being, and I have a right to be in that room with those people. And they may even like me. So I didn't used to know that.
1: Uh-huh. Well, what I like hearing about this in terms of uh, using uh, the, the little one and having her be, uh, she's got a companion. She's not alone. She has you that is uh, guiding her and making decisions. She doesn't have to, all she has to do is, trust you, and it feels like if we say she's representing the fear or the anxiety, then uh, I think what you're teaching people today is that there's a way to speak to your fear, uh, empathize with it, not make it wrong, and but also have some strategies uh, <laughs> that will uh, move you forward into the places where you need to be more brave. And yes, I like the way you said we. Well, we're gonna go on stage. We're yes, gonna be we in front of the camera, and it's a together thing. your fear and you together are going forward. that's that's courageous. yeah,
2: well, and that's what we have to do if well, like doing the podcast.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's a brand new thing for me. You're doing it. I mean, you're good at it, but it's a new thing for me. And whenever we do anything new, it's scary. Because we don't know, we're not confident. There's a difference between self-esteem and self-confidence. And my self-esteem is fine, but my confidence, which is about my ability to actually do what I'm setting out to do, is shaky because I've never done it before. Mm -hmm. So I have to work with the confidence and just push through. And then the more I do it, the less scary it is and the more comfortable whatever the new thing is becomes because it's not new anymore.
1: Right. You've got the skill. Well, we're nearing the end and I want (laughs) to make sure and two things. One, uh, is there a way that people find you?
2: Absolutely. Um, My website is insidejobscoach.com because self-esteem is an inside job. And uh, you can go there and get lots of free resources. Uh, send me an email at sandy at insidejobscoach.com. And I also offer a complimentary coaching session. I'm a life and business coach these days and offer a complimentary coaching session if anybody is interested in seeing what coaching with me is like. So just send me an email at sandy at com and uh, put complimentary session in the subject line, and I'll get right back to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, it seems like you showed us in your own journey, but it feels like it's a journey that others have uh, taken and found themselves trapped in uh, situations where they feel like they uh, can't get out of, but you're... Your journey of self-exploration, I think that's one of the messages I want to leave with people is that looking, and well, that's what you're saying, Sandy. It's an inside job. <laughs> looking it inside, inside of your, it, looking inside of yourself is where, hello, folks, your power is. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, Sandy, and then the last thing, one last thing, how what would you like to leave the listeners with? Some final words.
2: Oh, you are all amazing. And if for some reason you have lost that along the way, do whatever you can to reclaim it because you are unique, you are the only one like you in the world and you need to learn to value and love and appreciate that.
1: Wonderful. Appreciation and let the let that word appreciation ring out to everyone. Thank you Sandy.
2: Thank
0: you so much, Doreen. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person Doreen interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and will return next time. Until then... Goodbye for now.